Hey folks, it's part four of our food series and for this episode I wanted to interview some people who have made some diet changes, particularly people who have made diet changes in their adult life after living a certain way for a long time. I've got with us David Meyer. Chris Hatchett, Jonathan Henry. They are all three uh, members at my church, The Hills. Uh, David and Chris, you might know them uh, if you go to our church uh, pretty well because they're on staff and we'll see them quite a bit in the spotlight. Uh, Jonathan's a great guy if you don't know him. I do want to apologize on the audio for this. If it sounds like we're in a tunnel, that's because that's kind of where we were. We had to make a last-minute room change, and let's just say the recording conditions weren't totally optimal. Did the best we could with it. Uh, But here's that interview with David Meyer, Chris Hatchett, and Jonathan Henry. All right, so I'm here today with three of my personal heroes, local celebrities here at the Hills Church with uh, Jonathan Henry, local celebrity in the IT world, I guess. And then our campus minister is uh, David Meyer, and he's here in the house with us. And Chris Hatchett, who's our former campus minister. And so we've got a former campus minister, campus minister, and I guess that means, Jonathan, maybe you're our future campus minister. I'm not sure, but uh, the reason why I got all these guys together is because these are three of the people that I know who have made some really big steps and changes in their life and the way that they eat. And I know for all three of these guys, there's something behind it that has driven them. Like they didn't they didn't accidentally wake up one day and just fall into better health. And so, you know, David, if if, if you want to start out and just kind of tell us like, what was the reason? I remember seeing you on stage a couple of, uh, what, two, three years ago. You know, you were noticeably larger, and and you're not anymore. Uh, you're fit, sleek, in shape, you know, handsome. But you. <laughs> what was the major, like, what was kind of your background and the, the drive behind your change? So just to, just to give the folks some context, you know, I lost about 35 pounds uh, in the reason or the, the kind of that, that moment of clarity, almost, if you will, is, is that uh, I was had an opportunity to preach at our South Lake campus uh, one Sunday and just looked back on it and in watching it was a little bit horrified. Uh, and just, you said pressing up against something, mainly I was pressing up against the clothes that I was wearing at the moment. <laughs> uh, it was just a bad, it was a bad deal. And, you know, early on in my, in my, uh, career before ministry, I was active. I was a, I was a professional athlete and that was just something that that's who I was and what I ate and how I took care of my body were things that were integral and how I was going to perform in in what I was doing. But, and so all that sounds really important, but it was also easy. And so there just wasn't, there wasn't a whole lot of intentionality in it from a standpoint that I was very active uh, as a, as a, uh, I was a baseball player and, and a pitcher. And so I ran a lot to help just my arm recover from from throwing a bunch of pitches. And so just in the midst of that, and just in that lifestyle, um, weight was just never really, you know, I, I would never even weigh myself because it just wasn't, right. wasn't, wasn't an, an issue. issue at all. And uh, and so then as, as I transitioned out of that and became a, an old broke down uh, player and, and a player no more, just over time, just things began to uh, transition and, and habits and activity level and all of those things went down. But I never really changed anything from a, you know, from a caloric intake perspective. 
and uh, just like I said, kind of woke up one day and was just like, wow. So you were kind of like, kind of like maybe a little more of the typical jock who kind of had bad habits all along, but you got away with it because you did so much athletically. And then at some point you had to get out of that as a lot of guys in athletics do. And then it, it caught up with you. Is that? Yeah. And, and, and not, not necessarily horrible habits, but almost I had other people that would help me with those choices. Mm-hmm. And so it was more their job to make sure that I made good decisions yeah. and it was never anything that I really owned. And so when that individual wasn't there in my life, wasn't speaking, you know, almost that sense of a, I don't know if it was accountability, but certainly an outside force that was helping me. When that was removed, uh, so was my uh, so was my awareness, and, and I just you know whatever, whenever, and however much I wanted. So. Right. So how'd you do it? I mean, what would like take so just like some practical? What would you actually change? Yeah. Well, I'm, you know, Hatch and I are, are, are buddies, and so we decided that we were going to work out together, and that in getting up and working out, that that was going to change everything. And uh, 12 months later, uh, after a lot of a lot of soreness and a lot of working out, uh, there hadn't been much change at all. And so we began to go, man, I guess we really are going to have to change what we eat as well. And and Hatch is the Hatch is going to be the one who's more disciplined and, and has has a greater sense of, of accountability out of the two of us. He's more black and white, and I'm, I'm a little bit more gray. But he came up with uh, just Bob Harper, mm-hmm. the guy from the greatest. Uh, Biggest loser. Biggest loser. And he has uh, the skinny rules and there's 20 rules and it's just do these things. And, you know, and, and if you'll do these things, then you'll see an impact. Right. And, uh, and so it just, it just changed to where we, you know, we limited the carbs, we limited the grains. Uh, we were smart about where we ate certain things. We did things in preparation before meals so that it would, it would have, help us have portion control in the midst of meals, uh, all of those things. So there was an education uh, process uh, there was an accountability component to it, uh, but then also uh, we executed to it, and uh, and it worked. What, was there like a a moment that you remember whenever something snapped in you and you said, "I need to make a change," or was this something that y'all talked about over like a series of weeks? Or I think just that, I mean for me that change was just you know seeing myself on screen. Yeah. And um, you know, in all honesty, uh, there was a conviction that. I feel like we possess the greatest news that there's ever been. Right. And and I get out of bed to share that with people. Right. And if 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 I'm presenting myself in such a way that that shows that that I am irresponsible or that I don't care uh, or that I'm not a you know from a that I just don't take care of my body, uh, anything that somebody if I'm trying to help somebody see life differently, there are there are many things that they may cling on to to go. I don't need to listen to this guy. Right. And I just wanted to try to remove as many of those obstacles as possible. But then also out of that, life just got better. You know, my joints started feeling better. Uh, I started thinking with greater clarity. I started having more energy. There were just all of these other things, mm-hmm. all of these other blessings that, that and benefits and advantages that came along with this as well. Right. That I didn't even necessarily anticipate. And the thing that I want people to hear if you're listening is that I mean you're a guy who stands up like and you're the real deal like there I don't know anybody that would call you like fake or just you know pretending or anything like that except for except for Hatch Hatch. but you're telling me that even though you're like you know the epicenter of you know what's going on in church world up here that you wouldn't be able to do it just completely alone 
No, 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 not even, not even close. Uh, I mean, we, we talk about community all the time, you know, at church and stuff like that. But it's amazing how many of us try to do something like, you know, physical life change like on our own. And I think, I think a lot of times, Seth, that we we look at that aloneness because we found ourselves in a place that we don't want to be, mm-hmm. and so there's some embarrassment in that. And so, you know, I, I would say there, there's an enemy, and, and he's still trying to isolate us. And yet, when we come together and and talk about what it is that we're trying to do, ask, you know, so where, where did you eat today or where did you eat yesterday or even confess, man, you know, I ate all this junk this past weekend and, and I need to, I need to get back, you know, those kinds of things. And just, you know, language that I would say, even just kind of bringing it to light, uh, it loses its, its shame, mm-hmm. it loses its control and, and it helps us to continue to go down the path uh, right. that's been beneficial for us. So coming to you next. All right. So Jonathan, I don't, I don't know that you ever had like this one aha moment, but tell me about like your transformation over time and why you care so much about what you're putting in your body. I guess my revelation, so to speak, would come when my wife and I were in our earlier, early twenties, and we just had some physicals and some normal blood work done like everybody does. At least, you know, I hope everybody gets their blood work done every once in a while, but you know, the markers came back for both of us that we had like extremely uh, abnormal uh, cholesterol numbers, you know, with like the HDL and the LDL stuff. And it was like, oh, your LDL is way off, you know, and your HDL is too low. And I was like, okay. And like, we need to, in my physician at the time was like, well, you need to get on a statin, you and your wife, you know, right, right now. Mm-hmm. And I was like, a statin. All right. So I'm in my early 20s. I'm not like, you know, dying, you know, that I knew of at the time. It's like, that just doesn't feel right. To me to get a, to get a to put somebody on a statin in their early 20s and and pay the pharma industry for decades of being on this statin and like what you know it just didn't feel right and for those of you that are that, are, that can't see jonathan is not particularly overweight no there were no uh, you're not overweight at all there were no physical indicators you know <laughs> right. in, my, in my 20s that something you're not just in your 20s right. you're pretty fit in your 20s yeah I'm, I'm 36 now so this was you know right. over a decade ago um you know so i started doing you know I, I know they say never google stuff but you know you start doing your own research on things and and you realize that there's an entire world out there that you may not have been aware of regarding you know why certain things are recommended certain ways, who's recommending them and, and why, and you start you know, seeing these motivations that are more profit-driven than they are you know, well-being-driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and so after that realization, it was more, okay, well, what else is out there? You know, um, and, and I was telling Hatch before we, we started today that, that you know, one thing I did for myself was you know, I was like, well, I like dairy, and I've always liked like 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 full fat milk. That's always been really good to me. What if I actually did what some of these crazy people did and actually found a raw milk supplier and drank some, and see if that actually changed my health in a in a positive or negative way? And I did that. I found I actually had to drive to a farm like every weekend to like pick up this raw milk. I think it is close to Denton somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, came back home. Um, you know, so I drank like this glass of, of raw milk for about three months, like just a big glass of raw milk every morning. I didn't really change anything else. That was the only thing I changed. Um, and then I redid my blood panel and the numbers, according to what, 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 what was determined to be correct, you know, at the time was like, oh, my HDL, that's, that's way better this time. 
mm-hmm. you know, my LDL, that's, that's lower. So what, all I did was add saturated fat to my, to my diet. Not just right. any saturated fat, but unpasteurized saturated fat. Right. I was like, okay, so why did this happen? And why is this result the opposite of what the medical community has told me to do to right. fix my cholesterol? Right. I was like, okay, well, something didn't add up. And so I say all that to say that was really the, the pivot point to where I started looking at other things, you know, on my own. Right. Uh, nutritionally. And seeing, you know, trying to follow who's recommending what and why and where are they coming from and why do they have that opinion. Right. You know. Because yeah. there's a lot out there. I mean, there's a, there's a whole it's, lot out there. And it's, especially when it comes to nutrition, everybody's got an opinion. Yeah. You, uh, and it's hard to know who to trust. Well, you touched on something that, you know, Dr. Rector said on the last podcast we did, and that is, um, you know, eating something local and natural. And of course, I always want to tie it into like the spiritual issues behind it um, when, you know, and one of his recommendations was just eat local natural foods. It's better than, you know, even like the organic that you might get at Costco or whatever, if you just buy it from the farmer down the road or whatever. But I also, you know, I just think about how that brings us closer to like the source of where our food came from. And this, this has been so much of like, um, you know, the, the pushback against, you know, there's, there's a lot of people in your stories and, and I have a similar story to that. The pushback against, you know, the way we've always done things and the realization that it actually does matter what you put in your body, it really has an effect, like way more than I ate too many cookies. The actual individual things, like if you are on a fast food diet where you're eating that, you know, every single day, even though it may sound healthy or whatever. So I want to flip it over to you, Hatch. Tell us about yours. Yours is probably a little bit unique in this room. Mine is, uh, it's similar in a lot of ways, though. I'll go back to childhood. But even in high school, I was, one of my nicknames was Fat Hatch. And it wasn't that I was ever obese. I've just always struggled with weight. Mm -hmm. And so probably at the peak of my marriage, I was about 242 pounds. Mm -hmm. And, you know, double X shirts, size 40 waist, but was always active. Mm -hmm. And so even running and running a marathon ran at about 215 pounds. And so burning all those calories, doing all of that, still being heavy. In fact, I would tell Stacy I probably was the fattest person that worked out all the time. And so as David mentioned, we started working out. And after a year, we started in a January. The next January, we said, man, we've been working out for a year and we haven't lost any weight. So we made that decision to do skinny rules and started losing weight. So I was about 210, and that was in January of 16, and lost about 16, 18 pounds just changing the way we were eating, Mm -hmm. and then got diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And in that process then, what I would call stress-related weight loss after diagnosis Mm -hmm. probably dropped another 10 pounds, uh, just because whether it was not eating whether it was the stress of what was going on. And I joked that my left leg has a tremor in it and I was burning more calories, shaking all the time. So I don't know what all it was that was contributing to that, Mm -hmm. but went to about 180 at that point. Mm -hmm. Then one of my doctors that I was seeing, because like Jonathan's saying, 
my neurologist at UT Southwestern's, I know the path that it's going to go with my disease, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a medicine path. So I started seeing Dr. Rector as well, mm-hmm. looking at other environmental factors, and food factors that could be a part. Mm-hmm. And so through that, further changed some of the things that I was doing diet-wise to where now I'm at about 170 pounds. You know, like for you and for so many people it, that, are, that are battling with, you know, some sort of disease, it, it may not be an either or thing. Like you have to pick a good diet or going on some sort of medication, but a good diet is sort of the foundation. I know Rector talks a lot about like medicine as uh, food as medicine. And so I think that's kind of he's approaching it to, to, I guess, give you the, the best foundation of health as possible before you ever start on, you know, or before you add the, the medication to it. I-, I think you're right. To me, and I can't pinpoint one thing. Right. But I'll, what I'll tell you, of two years of seeing Dr. Rector, I think overall I'm healthier. Mm-hmm. So as far as my immune system, things like that, I'm, I'm healthier. Now I'm still working out. I'm still doing cardio. I'm trying to watch what I eat. I'm still seeing my neurologist, mm-hmm. um, doing other things, you know, Pilates, stretching, different things like that. That if you were to say, well, what's what's helping your disease? I can't point to one thing because right. I did them all at the same time. Right. But I know the food part of it matters. Right. So, like, what are some of the changes that you actually had to make in what you were eating? See, I, I'm going to respond to that differently mm-hmm. I don't feel like I've had to give any mm-hmm. I don't have to do anything right just like Jonathan decided hey I'm going to start eating this way and see what it does mm-hmm. I didn't have a doctor say if you do this mm-hmm. your symptoms are going to get better right it was just this overall from my perspective if I'm healthier I'm going to be in a better position to fight Parkinson's but things, and I know you had Dr. Rector on, things Dr. Rector would recommend that I'm trying to implement is really watching sugars, mm-hmm. um, eating a lot more to where if you look at the traditional food pyramid, his food pyramid, the bottom layer, mm-hmm. your base is leafy green vegetables. Right, right. And so for me, it's just, and a lot of that's things that the skinny rules was implementing mm-hmm. as well. But for me, if I'm eating the way I feel like I should, I'm limiting sugars, mm-hmm. which also means carbs, and I'm eating a lot more leafy green vegetables. Tell, tell us about how you feel now. I may shoot the wheels off your podcast a little <laughs> bit because I'm one of those people, as David said, I don't remember if he said disciplined or whatever, but if you give me a plan, mm-hmm. I'll stick to it, mm-hmm. and especially if I feel benefit from it. And so if you were to tell me if I eat healthy, I'm going to feel dramatically different. Mm -hmm. If I saw that happen, I would be real motivated to do it. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you that I overnight feel better or worse or over a week's time. For me, a lot of it's related to Mm self-esteem. In in my mind, even at 170 pounds, I'm still the fat kid. Mm -hmm. And so Stacy will say, it's like living with an anorexic teenager because of what I'll, how I'll feel about myself. The, and fa- so, the fact that you can recall that so vividly and just bring it out and it stuck with you all those years has, 
a lot of implications for how we treat people in general and, and what we say. But the thing that I find fascinating is, I, I don't know, it's just easy from the outside to, to look at you guys and be like, well, no, you've got your life together. You know, y'all are, y'all are ministers here and uh, you are these super spiritual guys. Surely you don't have, you know, struggles with discipline and keeping it together and things like that. I think for me and my family, it's more about having the awareness what's better for you Mm -hmm. like there's always like a scale of like good this is a little better and this would be the best Mm -hmm. you know and i can tell you we're we don't eat the best as a family unit every day you know right especially my kids right now but what i'm trying to instill in my children is just the awareness of what what good food is and what you know less good food is and put it on a scale to where when they get to be accountable for their actions they will make be able to make wise decisions on what they do and what they put in their bodies. Right. Yeah. Like as a parent, I think one of the, one of the, it's just like going to be a constant struggle. The kids are never going to want to want to eat healthy naturally. Nobody really does, and you're going to get that kickback. But I've also noticed that sometimes we're pretty hard on ourselves. But the kids, they may be a couple of steps behind us. <laughs> They don't want to eat what we're going to eat, but the apple ultimately not going to fall too far from the tree. So uh, we're talking to uh, probably m- most of us that are listening here are in the church culture, uh, may go to the hills here ourselves, and um, and the statistics on specifically weight, which is like an easy one to pick on, but that's not the marker of health, but just to pick on it, Christians, we are more overweight than the general population. And there's even been some studies that suggest that like, the more often you go to church, the more overweight you might be. I don't know, you know, the validity of all of that, but uh, some, some people suggest potlucks and all of this, but there's definitely a struggle that is within our community. And we don't talk about um, our, eating habit, our eating habits much in church. Why not? It's a lack of education, of having an authoritative source of this is what nutrition is, mm-hmm. um, and being able to definitively go to that mm-hmm. when we need to discuss health and nutrition. Mm-hmm. Like I said earlier, everybody's got an opinion on it, nutrition, uh, and there's all kinds of certifications out there for different types of what we, what we could say certified bodies of authority that think they know what's best for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I think that's definitely played a factor in, you know, the evangelical scene of people coming to church. And we don't talk about um, nutrition because there's just too many uh, authoritative opinions out there mm-hmm. uh, to go and grab um, because everybody's got a different one. Right. I think to a degree, none of us like to be told how to do something. And so if you talk about diet or obesity at church, to a degree, you're talking about discipline. And largely discipline's a word we stay away from. If you even think if you're talking about prayer or Bible study, you can talk about it in our language like connecting with God. Mm-hmm. If we were to say you need to practice spiritual disciplines, then people turn us off a little bit right. when you start talking about disciplines. And, you know, so as, as somebody who loves to talk to people about uh, how do they get right with God, Mm-hmm. You know, from a from a what I would say from a salvation perspective, so often the, the thing that I'm going to combat the most is this idea of of a works based mentality. Right. Right. So in other right. words, if you if you're saying that I'm the one that can get right with God and I'm the one that's going to make you know 
all of that, from a church perspective, we're going to say is a self-righteousness. And, and we want to do things the way that we want to do things. And so we're mm-hmm. constantly, you know, we're supposed to be dying to self, mm-hmm. not, not, not leaning on it. Right. And again, when it comes to how we eat and the things that we put within ourselves, you know, that, that again, it's, it's another byproduct of that, of mm-hmm. just, I'm going to, I'm going to feed myself the way that I want to feed myself. And, and I don't need you to speak that into me because I'm going to take care of me. Mm-hmm. And, and just when we do that and we set the, you know, when we set the, uh, the rules by what our carnal desires are, if you will, mm-hmm. it, it always deviates from what God's intention was and what mm-hmm. God's plan is. And, and so I think part of, you know, that plays, that plays into that. Uh, well, I love your phrase, you know, carnal desires, because that's, that, that's, what, that's what it is. And, and I, I mentioned this, you know, in, in the first episode and in, in the second a little bit, but, you know, if, if we are struggling with what we eat, it m- probably is not the only thing that we're struggling with. What would you, what would you want to say to people who may be driving in their car, who may be listening right now, who really want to make a change in their, their life? They know they've struggled with the way that they eat or what they eat. What would you want to say to them as, you know, specifically you two as, as pastors? I think two things. One, and I'm going to tie this to financial stewardship. One of the things that helped me from a financial stewardship perspective was that I realized that, that, that managing or taking care of what God has, has given me in that moment isn't just about how much I give back to somebody else or how much I bring back to him. Or how much even I, I say, but also, how do I spend what I keep? And so a little bit of what you guys have been talking about earlier from a standpoint of when it comes to nutrition and it comes to our diet, it's not just about the things that we don't eat, mm-hmm. but also what are the things that we are going to eat? And, mm-hmm. and in what, you know, whether it's portion control, whether it's, you know, local and, 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 and farmers and, and all of those different things that have a great impact on how our body processes that and, and, and what all that looks like. And so when we can make that shift, but it's not just don't have the Snickers, mm-hmm. you know, or don't have this, but also what are the wise decisions and what I'm choosing to eat from a, cause from a carnal perspective, I mean, we have to eat, I mean, right. you know, that's the way that God, God designed us. Well, yeah, yeah. I heard somebody say one time that like, you know, if it's, if it's smoking, you know, you can completely, you can completely give that up if it's, you know, any other drugs or whatever, you can completely give that up. But I heard somebody one time who'd had a really severe struggle with obesity for their life say, but I can't stop eating. It's almost like that daily, you know, dose of like temptation for that person. This isn't necessarily a great segue from what you just no, said. No, I'm sorry. So, I no, just... but something else that I think is really important is I, I do believe that celebration and even moderation from the things that we do at times are important. Because I think in scripture, I think about when the lost son came home and they celebrated and they slaughtered the fattened calf. You know, I like fattened calves, but I can't eat those every day. You know, I think about Jesus and his first miracle and it's at the wedding feast and he's making more wine at the end because they because they've run out of what they've had. You know, there are examples of where there are times to celebrate and there are times Mm -hmm. to, to do that even in even in abundance. And I'm not, so I'm not talking about from an alcohol perspective, but I'm just saying there, there's times that you enjoy the moment. But if you have the discipline of some of the things that you guys have been talking about during this conversation, it positions you so that you can enjoy that because of the choices that you're making that are leading up to that and the choices that you know are going to be on the backside. So it actually makes that celebration something what it's intended to be mm-hmm. and not something that starts to make you feel guilty or shameful. So right. discipline leads to greater freedom. 
which is hard for people to understand at times, but it's a truth. True. I think I would answer that question. One of the first things I'd say, it's got to be your decision. Nobody guilts a poor motivator. Yep. Nobody else can convict you to make a life change if you don't want to. So yep. uh, there may be extenuating circumstances, but for each one of us, it was a final point, whether it was in the doctor's office or watching a video of preaching that made us decide we've got to change. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to this, I'd say you have to make that decision. We can't make it for you. Mm-hmm. But if you're a believer in Jesus, I would tell you, but realize you have the presence of God inside of you mm-hmm. to help you do it. Right. So when you make that decision, you've got God's spirit in you that enables you to do all things. Right. And uh, he would be wanting to help you have discipline if it's better for your body, if it's better for your health. So you're not, a, you make the decision alone, mm-hmm. you're not on the journey alone. Well, I think two things. Well, I think one thing is, um, you know, to, so to answer the question that you had more direct of, you know, yeah. what would you say to somebody that's driving in the car, you know, uh, to build on what, um, you know, Chris Hatcher was saying, you know, you, do, you, you have to make a choice. But, but then after you make that choice, you need to find an accountability partner. Mm-hmm. You need to find somebody to be in community with yeah. um, to go on that journey together. Um, because, um, and this, this will tie the, the segue to the next thing that I was going to say. I mean, I, I honestly believe that we were designed to eat um, as a community, as a communal thing. Uh, I mean, we've got away from that when we take Lord's Supper at these large churches, you know, on Sunday mornings. But... I honestly think we were meant to be spiritually connected with each other with food. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, we eat three times a day, and I think that's our uh, purpose. I mean, God wants yeah. us to come together uh, and be in community with each other, um, and, and I think that's one reason we eat so much. I mean, it's it's God put that dependency on us so that it would force us to to be with each other yeah. in a way, you know. And and, and uh, so the accountability. Is what I would say, and then the community aspect of uh, of making that choice and, and going on a journey together with somebody, and just you know, weird Christianity is a communal thing. Yeah, it's not meant to be something that you do alone. How how have uh, how has this been? Uh, and this just kind of sounds like a cliche question, but how has it been a spiritual issue for you personally? You know, when I when I was growing up. Uh, we didn't smoke, but we had friends and family that did. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm not, you know, trying to diss anybody that's been a smoker in their life. Mm-hmm. You know, but I remember asking my mom one time, you know, hey mom, you know, is smoking a sin? Uh-huh. And and she, you know, came back with a response that was like, well, you know, you really need to treat your body as a temple of the Holy Spirit. You know, you need to treat your body as a temple. And so I guess taking that definition... If it's damaging your body, then yes, you could see it as a sin. Mm-hmm. And I was like, does that mean that fat people are sinning? You know, because they're fat. I was like, well, how far do you take this? Right. And where's the balance there of, of, of what that answer should be? Right. And I don't have a definitive answer to that. Right. Uh, oh, it's more of an open-ended, you know, we need to make a, a choice uh, on how we present our bodies as a temple. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that could take different forms. I guess that's, I'm not sure what else to say yeah. to that, except yeah. that, you know, from a spiritual aspect, it's like, well, you know, are we supposed to look at other people and say, well, they're fat, they're sinning? 
Right. I mean, I, mean, I don't think so. And again, okay. like it's it's obviously it's not even that simple because right. there are some very thin people who have really bad, poor diet right. habits, and then there are some overweight people who have excellent habits. Right. You know. So I think we just need to take it into the context of treating our bodies as a temple. You know, they're depending on where you are in your faith journey, that could take different forms. I see food as a reward. Uh-huh. And so there's times that whether I've, whether I've worked hard, whether I've been disciplined for a season or whatever it is, there are times that I go, man, I have, I have earned this or I deserve it. Uh-huh. Or there's also times that when I'm just, when I'm tired and, and I don't have a, a lot of uh, self-resolve or self-control, that, uh, that I just give in to what that reward is. Mm-hmm. And so there's times that I can seek comfort in that. Uh-huh. So there's, there's an idolatrous nature to that, mm. that, that God had never intended. And, and so that's the thing from a spiritual perspective that I've got to make sure that, man, I may have had a hard day or, or whatever those different things are, and, but if I need comfort, uh, it needs to come from him. And it, not, not, it doesn't need to come from what I'm putting in my mouth. So parse that out just a little bit. You just threw down like a million dollar blam, you know, the word idolatrous. Okay, what do you, parse that out a little bit. Yeah, so, so basically what I just mean, if, if, if I am turning to anything or anyone or any activity to try to get comfort or to try to get my self-esteem or to, just to try to feel better about myself other than God, you know, God is the only appropriate person to go to. And he's the only, he's, he's the only source of, of what is an appropriate um, place of, of self-esteem because he, sh- he showed that by Jesus dying on the cross for me. And that's where I have to go to get myself for it. Then when I turn to other things to try to get that, A, it, it never satisfies, but B, it never, uh, it doesn't accomplish what I think that it is supposed to accomplish as well. Because it never, it, if I'm going for comforting, all it does is create a desire to want. And, and God, God will bring that peace, and He will remind me of His promises. He will remind me of my identity and those things. And then there is there is rest, and there is peace, and there is joy. The things that, that Chris was talking about earlier uh, that that I need, and He's the one that I need to be turned to. My last word, just if somebody's listening to this, is you may feel like, man, I need to lose fifty pounds, <laughs> and sometimes you stay prisoner to not even starting because you think you can't do that. Yep. You've got to lose one pound before yep. you lose 50 pounds. If it's exercise that you need to add to your uh, routine, then don't go try to run five miles, walk one day. Mm-hmm. So whatever it is, man, just take a step, mm-hmm. make a change, see a little bit of a result, and then just yep. keep taking those steps to get healthier and healthier. We always talk in our household, we want to be healthy. We, we may need to lose weight to be healthy, but we don't want to focus on losing weight. Right. We want to focus on being healthy. So eat healthier today. Make a healthy choice. Yeah. Uh, just take a step. I remember I had some friends. Uh, I, I, there's one friend in particular I had. He used to do like 100-mile races, you know, he's an ultra marathoner and stuff. And, uh, and he ate very healthy as well. It's just like ridiculous, like uh, physique and everything. And, and I just remember, this was probably 10 years ago, thinking, you know, like how far that was from reality for me. Like there's no way I would ever be able to do that. And uh, now one, I'm not dumb enough to run 100 miles even today, but I look back on it and 10 years later, I actually probably eat uh, as healthy or healthier than that person did then. But it's been very slow. 
And I've, I've even heard like, uh, you know, comments and stuff uh, directed towards me now from other people who, you know, might flippantly say something like, oh, you're just, you know, so healthy and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I think behind that kind of with, with a little bit of that, you know, I, I could never go that way. And, and I'm, I don't consider myself to be like an extremely healthy eater. But it, at the same time, that I think having that mentality that you said, I think that's what keeps so many of us in change. And because it's, it's a journey, it's not just, you know, it's not some place where you have to like arrive and you're there. You told me even as we walk, or before we came in here today, you said this is this is not like a great time for me to be doing a podcast on food because three months ago I was a whole lot better off. My my daughter's been making cookies this last week, and so it's like it's really easy for me to get back on the sugar train, which I, I did kind of unintentionally slash intentionally this week, and now I've got to I got to kind of back up back that one up a little bit. Guys, appreciate you guys coming in here today, and um, I've got some Wonder Balls for you. It's a healthy dessert, all right? So we're going to share a little bit of that, and appreciate you guys uh, that are all listening out there. Wishing y'all grace and uh, all things good. Okay, there it was. Jonathan Henry, Chris Hatchett, David Meyer, and the air conditioning unit in the crow's nest of the Hills Church. Listen, next week I want to drop the last episode on this and it's going to be about making changes and the struggles that you might encounter while doing that. How can you be successful if you are trying to make some major changes in your diet? Because it's actually more complex than we often give it credit for. So I want to take you through some of the the patterns that uh, we find ourselves in and how we can actually be free from those. And so that's going to be uh, next week. So be looking for that. Until then, grace, peace, love. You guys have a great week.